0: I know that UNC invested a lot in the Tez Walker advocacy. A lot of energy, a lot of attention. I'm sure those those billable hours for whatever law firms they were using did not come in cheap. They invested a lot. Turns out, worth every penny. Turns out it would have yeah. been a would have been a steal at twice the price. <laughs> Tez Walker had six catches, 132 yards, and three touchdowns in a crucial win over Miami. Right, and Miami is, was a top-25 team. They came in with, with talent, with ability, with, I would say, a fire because they had been embarrassed the, the week before by their own decision-making. And, and North Carolina simply came in with Tez Walker and a running game. Tez Walker and Drake May. Tez Walker had six catches for 132 yards and three touchdowns. Here's Mac Brown, the head coach on Tez Walker's performance.
1: Tez Walker, uh, and as well as he played, really, really proud of him. And, and um, we were 4-0 and without him. Obviously, we have a chance to be much better with him. And now that people have seen him, it's, gonna, it's going to change the way people play defense against us. His presence is a, a game changer because do you double-team him do you, do you move people out and give him more opportunities to, to run the ball?
0: This is exactly what we talked about when he was coming back. Drake May had been completing darn near all of his passes. He was well over 70% uh, on the year pre-Tez Walker. But he was struggling to get his receivers in the end zone. With Tez this past week, which I called the first, and I said this before the game, the first real, real game with Tez, the first one, a lot of feeling it out, a lot of ramping up. This felt like the real first game where, where Tez was there and part of everything. Uh, Drake May completed just 51% of his passes. That's not very good. But he threw four touchdowns and zero interceptions. That is very good. You take that trade. You, what, what Tez Walker brings is the ability to get in the end zone. Right, it's the closer, it's the finisher, it's the guy with the the one more move, the difference between being tackled at the five and getting into the end zone, the difference between uh, uh, bouncing off your fingertips in the end zone and making the catch, and because of that, you 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 put the defense in the dilemma that Mac Brown was describing. Where do you uh, dispense your, your defensive resources? Are you double-teaming Tez? Because then you have Nate McCollum and, and you have the rest of this receiving core and Drake May working against a, a man-down defense everywhere else. Do you double-team him? Because then you have Omari and Hampton running the football, and that guy ran for 24, 24 carries for 197 yards and a touchdown. And British Brooks is no slouch either when he's healthy. I was going to say, if you get that full compliment back in the backfield, watch the heck out. UNC, with Tez Walker, is a college football playoff contender. And, and like I don't need to qualify it anymore. It's no longer well. If Tez comes back and he plays up to the potential and he does what they hoped he would do, no. With Tez Walker, they have a, they are a college football playoff contender. You look at the rest of their schedule. It's very easy to get to eleven and one. Pretty like to, for your brain, not easy for them to get there. I'm saying it's easy for your brain to go win, 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 and, and end up eleven and one or twelve and zero. Then you'll likely have Florida State, someone along those lines, a very quality opponent in the the ACC championship game. You win that, you're in the college football playoff. I saw Greg McElroy, who's a a national pundit, and and they were debating the question, should UNC be in the college football playoff conversation? And you know what they did after that? They had about a 10-minute conversation on UNC being in the college football playoff. And I went, there's your answer. Should they be in the conversation? You're having the conversation right now. You're arguing pros and cons. I'm not saying, are they going to get in? And you have to say, yes. I'm saying they're already in the conversation. They are undefeated. They were referenced in a Saturday Night Live sketch as being undefeated. They're in the conversation. The one that fake Deion Sanders played by Keenan Thompson had on SNL. They're in the conversation. And... Like I said this on on Friday, right? In college, you don't have midseason acquisitions, right? You very rarely, or very rarely, you never trade for somebody right before the deadline, right? You you don't have Von Miller going to the Rams and that propels them to the Super Bowl, right? Because he was a midseason trade from the Broncos that year. The Rams won it. You don't have that. UNC kind of does. It feels like UNC played their first five games or whatever it was five weeks and then looked around and said, oh, you know what? I really think we have to trade for a wide receiver at the deadline. I like what we have going. We have the potential to, to achieve all of our loftiest dreams and goals. The only problem is I think we're missing a big play threat at wide receiver. Hey, let's tell our GM to go trade future picks and bring them in. Only they said, oh, actually, we don't have to do any of that. And by the way, you can't do that in college football. So how about we just bring back this guy who was our key offseason acquisition and And he scored 11 touchdowns through the air, 12 overall last year. Deal. Sign me up. He shows up. The offense explodes. UNC is a college football playoff contender. Now, do you know what they have to do? They have to avoid the letdown, right? They have to avoid... You know, the, the, you've established yourself as a contender. Now you can't afford the one game, oh, we overlooked this opponent or, oh, uh, we we underestimated or we, we came in unprepared. You can't have that happen. Can't have that trap. If you take care of business, you're in the ACC championship game with with one loss or zero losses. If you take care of business, and that'll be a play into the college football playoff. And then if you're there, guess what? You're there with a puncher's chance. You have you have Drake May and a passing game that can can shoot out with anybody, mm-hmm. and a running game that's going to de- kind of you know deceptively fast. It's a scrappy bunch. Amari and Hampton, and, and like you said, British Brooks, if he comes back and is what he's been, gets to, to full health. I think the sky's the limit for this team. And what you talk about, if you, if they do get to the CFP, they may not be the better team depending on who they're matched up with, against. But like you said. Puncher's chance. All you, all you need is just one really good game. Yep. You, sometimes you play above your level for a night For you know you're in the national championship. That's all you <laughs> need. Like it's, Seriously. But obviously that can happen to you as well. Mm-hmm. Like You could be playing a quote-unquote lesser opponent, but they may play above their level. You don't play up to your standard, and you can get beat. I mean, I firmly— Hi, Georgia Tech. <laughs> I firmly expect, uh, like, if they were to match up like a Georgia, they'd be a 17-and-a-half point dog, something Probably. along those lines. But, you know— Crazier things have happened. Yeah. Crazier things with worse teams have happened.
1: No one would have thought Boise State back when it was like 06 would beat Oklahoma.
0: Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Ask Adrian Peterson about that one if you see him. Jared Zabransky, remember that guy? Oh, yeah. The NC State offense went right back to the same struggles that they faced when Brennan Armstrong was the quarterback. And that's not not good, right? You, you made the switch trying to – solve and or at least minimize some of the struggles that that you had. And and you had one week of electricity, one week of fun, one week of big plays, one week of Trent Penix being schemed open on on multiple little shifty counters on on screen fakes. Anyway, right back to it. I'm gonna take you to one particular series that I think sums up the game very, very well for the NC State offense. NC State is up three to nothing. So this is early in the game, right? You have the lead. You forced the, the other team's young quarterback into a turnover already, and your, your kicker gave you a boost with a 57-yard field goal. Times are good. You force a three and out. You get the ball back. Beautiful. MJ Morris, your, your young quarterback getting his second start of the season, right, supposed to come in and pick up the team, completes a ball for a first down. To the elder statesman, as I call him, Bradley Rosner, the eighth year senior. This is how the drive goes penalty sets your offense back. First and 15. Quarterback drops back, Bales runs. Quarterback drops back, Bales runs. Wide receiver can't make a play on a catchable, although not easy catch. Punt. That's Brendan Armstrong's offense. Right, most of the yards came from quarterback runs on not designed quarterback runs. You gave your receiver a chance, the receiver didn't help you out. Penalty mixed into the bunch. There you go. That's the all that's the offense that had you chanting for MJ Morris. Only this time it had MJ Morris. Last week, I'll admit, it was it looked different. I said it, right, the, the spark was there, the, bit, the plays were there, Michael Allen bursting through the line was there. Uh, the, there, was, there was a lot of difference in that Marshall game. This, this week it was back to the same old struggle with a different quarterback. It's the same old struggle just with a, with a, a different numbered jersey in the backfield. And, and MJ Morris was taking a beating. How many times is he going to stand up slow, grabbing his ribs? How many times is he going to stand up slow, wince a few times, look to the sideline like, all right, what you got for me next, play caller? What you got for me next? What did we say? When Brendan Armstrong was benched for MJ Morris, we said it right here. I said on the pack therapy podcast, which by the way, there's a reaction episode out right now, everywhere you can find your, your podcast. Myself, Mike Lennon, former NC state quarterback reacting to the game. I encourage you all to go check it out. Like, and subscribe. We talked about it here. We talked about it on the pack therapy podcast when they benched Brendan Armstrong. We said all the problems are not the quarterback. The offensive line needs to be better. The running game needs to get going with the running backs. Receivers need to make more plays. See all those wide receiver drops? See all those drops from the running backs? You see those drops that did not help their quarterback out? That's not quarterback related. That's not quarterback related. You want a bright spot? I'll give you a bright spot. You want glass half full? I'll give you glass half full. Casey Concepcion looks like a stud. He is still somebody that that's when when chaos is happening around him in the offense, he can smooth things over. Right? I always I, I the, the best way I can describe this is in basketball, you always know who your scorer is that can calm things down. Right? The other team hits hits two threes in a layup. So they go on an 8-0 run. Who's the player you get the ball to when your side is on the when, – when you have the ball, right? Which player are you setting a screen for? Which player do you want to drive to the bucket and get fouled just to just cool things down? Casey Concepcion can do that. He can. He can give you a play. He can give you a couple plays. The problem is, you know, the other team goes on an 8-0 run. Casey Concepcion gives you a bucket. Then the other team's going on an 8-0 run again. The running game lacked pop, depended on the quarterback to lead the way in rushing again, which is one of the problems that you dealt with with Brennan Armstrong. It's 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 tough. You were playing against a team with a a very inexperienced quarterback that completed four passes. Four. Your offense should be able to keep up with that. Not only did you not keep up with it, you actually set your defense up in some very difficult situations and made their job more difficult. We'll open up the phone line on a little reaction Monday for your reactions to what took place over the weekend. The struggles from NC State, the struggles from the Carolina Panthers Uh, on the flip side, the I guess the opposite of struggles for Duke. UNC. Uh, David in Smithfield is on the call-in line, the Heister Automotive Group hotline. Uh, that's 919-860-5326, by the way. Uh, David, thank you very much for calling in. What do you have to say about NC State?
1: Hey, Tim. Um, well, I was at the game mm-hmm. uh, Saturday night, and I'm going to tell you, this fan base is incredible. We had more fans than two. We were all over the place. We come out excited, we were yeah, we were loud, we were excited. The guys looked ready, and we intercepted the ball, and mm. that was it. <laughs> that was, I mean, they completely just took all the crowd. It was a home game basically for state. There were so many state fans there, and we we talked about it. Me and James Henderson in South Pack Sports talked about it after after the game. And there's going to be had to have be some hard conversations. Mm. He's gonna to have to do some of the stuff Dion did in Colorado. He's gonna to have to run, and he's to run about twelve or fifteen players off because we're gonna we're gonna to have to have twelve to fifteen transfer portal people coming in on the offensive line. We gotta have wide receivers. We need a running back. Nobody's job is gonna be nobody's job is gonna be you know even a quarterback. You know we're gonna to have to have linebackers, safeties. And you know we got wide receivers coming in. We got wide receivers coming in. But you can just look. I was at Charlotte watching Carolina play South Carolina, and it is night and day. All right. And, you know you got people upset with the coach.
0: You know, hey, hey.
1: Yelling at Coach Dorn. It's 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 bad. I, I I've been very supportive of Coach Dorn, and you know if this team don't win nine or ten games next year, he's gonna lose me. All right so 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 we so, we, we need to make a we need to make a so, hold on David hold on David so so you, you're
0: you're comfortable with Doran through next year is kind of what I'm what I'm taking away from that lot to change but you want to see him well, unless you like got $10 like
1: million like dollars you want to give him to uh, buy him out and I don't think state's going to do that.
0: All right appreciate the call David uh if you're not willing to to talk buyouts in college football your teams at a massive disadvantage. I've been around programs that uh, did the old oh we'll wait till the buyout drops and your your program? I mean that's just uh the lame ducking your program, right? I I was around uh the uh, Virginia Tech and and they had Justin Fuente who had a big buyout and they waited and they waited and they waited and they're still trying to dig themselves out of that hole. Now I'm not advocating for Dave Doran to take, you know, get the buyout and bounce, but I'm saying that shouldn't be a part of, you raise the money if you have to raise the money. Uh, back to the call in line, Herman in Raleigh has some thoughts on Doran. Again, that number to call in. He's their automotive group hotline, 919-860-5326. Herman, thank you for calling in. What do you have to add to this uh, this conversation about state football? Yeah,
2: yeah how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never want to see anybody lose their job. Certainly not, but uh, but I – you know it's hard to be an nc state football fan it really is certainly it's hard to be an nc football fan under this current regime under this under the dave Dorn regime it's really time for him to go Mm. you know he it we're falling behind duke we're falling behind unc i'm tired I, i i'm a winner and i have a lot of friends that are winners We want to see NC State win, and they're not winning with Dave Dorn. And they brought in Robert and Nye. He's supposed to be some offensive guru. I don't know what the heck he's doing out there. It's really depressing. I'm tired. They've got to get rid of Dave Dorn.
0: Hey, hey, Herman, let me ask you this. Um, You you brought up Duke and and Carolina. If they weren't having such good seasons, would you be more patient with Dave Dorn? Is this kind of a, a by comparison thing that you're bringing up?
2: well certainly i'm making a comparison absolutely but no no i'd still right. advocate for dave dorn to go he's been there long enough he's made enough money it's time we've got to, we've got to get some fresh blood in here we really do we really do
0: all right herman appreciate the call uh call back in any time again the Hester automotive group hotline 919-860-5326 uh it is a it is an interesting conversation when when uh, the Dave Doran name gets brought up and, and the future gets brought up. The the heart, the, the kind of the gift and the curse about modern college football is things can change so quickly, right? The, the first caller there, David, brings up the transfer portal, right? If the transfer portal goes differently for NC State this past year, yeah, we're, we're talking about a completely different team. Brennan Armstrong, NC State wasn't the only team that wanted Brennan Armstrong. True. He was one of the hotter names in, in the portal, and we're talking about uh, SEC teams, other Power 5 teams. He was one of the hotter names in the portal. So, you know, if, if you came up just short in, in that sweepstakes, maybe you don't hire Robert and nine. and he goes elsewhere, guess what? You, you, you may have said, oh, we dodged a bullet, but it may just be like, hey, the fit is different, Bernard Armstrong might be balling somewhere else. That And do you know what that means, right? So, so that bad decision or that lack of fit is a better way to put it makes this one seem this season seem like a struggle. The same might happen opposite next year. Maybe you go back in the portal, you bring in a receiver, two offensive linemen and a stud edge rusher, right? You find uh Florida State's Jared Verse who's going to be a top 5 pick in the NFL draft at Albany. You bring him in, right? Or the equivalent of whoever that is next year, maybe you're you're in the mix for the ACC title. It's 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 you really have to make your decisions moving forward on if you believe in the people. That's that's what it has to be. Because, you know, you bring in Dave Doran for a, a style of football, well, guess what? He hires a new coordinator, the entire style might change. You bring him in for production at a previous university, well, guess what? Get a new quarterback, the entire production might change. You have to to keep people, move on from people, hire new people based on who they are as people. Because things can change extremely quickly. Extremely quickly.